0: welcome to huge quickly podcast i'm danny good day jeremiah panhorst good day
1: danny how are you doing man
0: i'm doing great i'm doing great i'm i'm a little bit stressed out i just got back from a job interview uh it was a little nerve-wracking you know i i don't i don't i don't know if i always put my best foot forward (laughs) you know like in first uh first impressions and I struggle with that a little bit. And have you ever been on one of those interviews where they really do put you on the spot? I mean, they, they'll, they're they asking you real questions like, how would you handle this problem? Or right. you had something like that?
1: Oh, yeah. And it's it's terrifying because, you know, even no matter how confident you are, but when you're there in the moment, you're like, oh, well, I would. Uh... And it's I know. Just, I, I know what it is. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I, I guess it's just the the pressure, you know, especially – if it's, especially if it's a position, obviously you really want, and you don't want to mess up, and you don't want to say the wrong thing, and then, and then when you're out, you start second guessing yourself, going, "Oh my God, maybe I should have said this," you know. It's just, oh, uh, I don't know what it is, but you're right; it's it can be very very stressful.
0: Yeah, and this this place is very trendy, and you know, it's a, it's really young and hip, and you know, like the 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 office itself is very cool. You know, it looks like it could be part of the Facebook campus or something. Just just not. Just in, just in the way that it's laid out, I mean, it's this tech company, and, mm-hmm. and I'm used to like, you know, cubes and cubes, and if you're lucky, you've got a window office, you know, but this is like the sort of new new style of just rows of big, long tables, and it's just really open, and everyone's sort of like looking over each, o- each other's shoulders, and it's like a n- totally different way of, of sort of laying out the office environment for one and it's just like and it feels like it's probably where i should be i mean reasonably young guy whatever but sure. uh it's it a, trendy yeah trendy cool hip yeah good looking
1: as i would use describing you <laughs> now me old slow not trendy that's the ones but people. but
0: see look. you're but you're smart and, and accomplished so you'd have that corner office you know and um, i i take that
1: it is. I would have the corner office already. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Good. I yeah. think you would I with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, by the way, you can see you can listen to Jeremiah's podcast, Mad Men Podcast, at uh, madmenpodcast.com. Um, big big season that just happened. I want to touch on at least a little bit. Sure. I yeah. mean, I mean, I don't. Know. I didn't know what to think for quite a while of that. Uh, you know what? Were you were you overall? happy with it did you like what it was accomplished I, even though i hope you hate as much as i do the fact that they split up the season into a short little snippet and then we just you just wet our beak a little bit and all of a sudden we've got to wait another year you know i oh, hate yeah. that part
1: we spent a lot of time on my dislike for the
0: decision to split
1: up the season yeah <laughs> I, I actually it was funny because when the news first broke uh, i had somebody come on as a guest and we because i was like right why did i right away i wanted to talk about it right And the original idea was, well, we'll just talk a few minutes about it. Oh, my God. We talked like for 45 minutes about that. (laughs) We were both so upset about it and just went off on the whole thing just because I understand where the reasoning is right? because they had success with that doing that same kind of model for Breaking Bad. Uh, But the – Fact of the matter is, I just think that these are two different kinds of shows, and I just don't think they're going to get the kind of result that they're expecting from this. You know, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, for their sake, I hope that that second half does bring them those huge numbers that they're hoping for. But I just, I don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, it just—it's too short. It just is. There's just no. There's no way around it. It's just how many episodes was it? Seven.
1: Yeah, it yeah, it's 7. I so so we're uh, theoretically we're getting an extra episode technically if you want to look at this as one, you know, full season. Mm-hmm. So instead of us getting 13, we're getting 14. But the problem I have with this is is that it is the wait. If it wasn't for it to be a full year before we could see the second half, I wouldn't be too bad with. Let's say like they had this is what I would have done if I was him. I would have gone ahead and split it up. That's fine. Have a little bit of a break. But I would have done is have had it end the way it did this year, you know, late, late spring, right before summer. And then what I would do is this fall bring it back. I don't even care if you have to run it side by side with uh, the uh, Walking Dead. That's fine. Have it right after Walking Dead. Have Walking Dead at nine and then uh, Mad Men at ten. Something like that. But at least that that way we only have to wait three or four months and not have to wait twelve you know, twelve months. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And it's not so much material on its own that it's really a standalone season. I mean, it's not. It's clearly not. So, but yeah, you still have to wait as if as if it was. I I don't know. I didn't like it. It It was a good season though, or a good start. I mean, I was really engaged.
1: Getting back to what, yeah, to your point though, it was a a very solid first half. I mean, that's the first half of season seven. I thought was really good. Uh, I pretty much enjoyed just about every episode, and I. There wasn't even one I could say I really hated or anything. I mean obviously I enjoyed some more than others. The last two was fantastic. Yeah, uh, so it so was good. a solid effort. Everything went great. I was perfectly happy with, uh, w- with the direction they are going. It was just like I said, that it, that whole thing is floating over our heads knowing, oh, but you have to wait 12 more months before you get to see, <laughs> see the second half.
0: It's well, like A whole year. I know. It's, Man, it's too much. It was really it was a really interesting season though. What what's your take on Ginsburg? Like, do you that was so interesting, right? Like uh it seems like such a departure. Like I just thought it was so strange. He just I don't even know what really what my question is. Would you just have any thoughts on that? Did you see that coming at all? I mean, and do you think it was he was such a cool character. I hope he comes back or I didn't really like the way he had to leave.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of signs though, since the beginning of his character being introduced, that there's something a little off with him, right? Right. Um, that, you know, we remember the episode where he was talking about, you know, like being on an alien ship or something like that. And this was like the first season that we got them, we were introduced to him. So there was always something a little bit lingering over him that there was something not quite right with the boy. And then I think just this season they decided this, this was a good opportunity with the whole computer thing to have him be the one character that just completely goes crazy just lose it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I did not yeah i tell you what those guys have been warping people's minds for years <laughs> yeah i know it's just a matter of time yeah it's only a matter of time guys before these computers they take us all over and we'll be cutting off our nipples <laughs> <laughs> that, have man. you ever have you ever tried to attract a woman by cutting off your nipple and putting it in a box for her?
0: Oh sure. Gift? Sure, sure. <laughs> it never <laughs> works. Well, did it. You can only try it twice. <laughs> so you better get it right. after you learn from your first mistakes. No, that was insane. I I guess it really was literally insane. But yeah, uh <laughs> you're right there. He maybe he picked the wrong nipple. I think he cut off the right. Maybe he yeah. should have
1: cut off the left one, and then maybe Peggy would have been more into it.
0: <laughs> I yeah give him a chance he's smart and he might be onto to something I don't know <laughs> but I like how this show will r- sort of randomly do those really wacky moments like that where they're actually reasonably believable but yet they're still kind of wacky like when um, when the tractor went over that exec's foot back oh, in probably right, like yes. season four or something like that or three. Uh, yeah, you know, and just,
1: I walked into the advertising agency. That was uh,
0: yeah, that was a great episode. That was a really great episode. And it's one of those things where you're like, whoa, you know, I can't believe that just happened.
1: <laughs> but, and then but, of course you had the famous line from Roger, just as he got his foot in the door.
0: <laughs> he's such a quick thinker. Yeah. That, he's oh, he the best. is.
1: I mean, you know, and you could appreciate this since you're trying to get into the stand up business, that could you imagine he would be fantastic at stand up because He's so witty in his banter, and he's able to just hit stuff right on the fly. Mm-hmm. You know, if Roger was a real person, he would be amazing at stand-up. Don't you think?
0: Oh, I I think so. Sure. I mean, he he would. He's the funniest guy in the room all the time in the show. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, sometimes Pete will be inadvertently funny, uh, but you know, yeah, he, he's he's awesome. He's great, and I love to see him. Sort of, I don't know. It, kind of just like get control of everything again, at, in that, especially that last episode. All of a sudden he sort of threw his weight around and made some moves and it's kind of like he's back and he's not going to sort of fade away or anything like that. Because he kind of pretty much orchestrated that move there at the end of the last season, or last episode, right?
1: Oh yeah, he was the man on that whole thing. I mean, that was that was all Roger and that was, a, it was almost a side of Roger I don't know if we ever for sure we would ever see from him. I mean, he was kind of he was playing a big boys game and he he did the whole thing masterfully and it was very impressive i i, I was just like in awe, i was like this is awesome go roger man you, yeah. that, was,
0: that was just cool well and especially because like you said i mean he hasn't done a ton and he's always been this really cool character and it's just you know he's always really interesting but what, you know all we really know i mean he's He's uh, he's a partner and he's always, he's been there since the beginning basically and all that and he's the, he's a big man around, on campus kind of other than Don but I mean what does he actually do and especially <laughs> yeah. in this season you know we've we've actually seen him even pay people off right to 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 do some of his work I think in previous seasons and you know you start this season off with him just sort of like in limbo hanging out with you know going to some orgies and <laughs> you know like uh, just sort of screwing around and doing uh what drug did he do? Did he do acid? or?
1: He did some LSD. He yeah. was doing a lot of LSD.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's sort of yeah, – he's kind of like the quiet guy that's actually abusing drugs and alcohol more, more than You know, ever since he – the infamous – what was that? Oyster lunch. Oh, uh, yeah. We've seen the signs for sure. But besides Don's crazy drinking, did you see that uh, little, little – uh, I don't really know if it really went viral, but I saw something that was going around that was about how much Don actually drinks. Did you post that? Yeah. Oh, you probably did see.
1: I know. I I shared that. Yeah. That was that pretty.
0: Was... That was pretty interesting.
1: That's it a was lot of boozing.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's got definitely got a problem. <laughs> Although,
1: yeah, he's kind of raining so. the man. I would think so. You know, he's a whiskey man too. And I actually, over the weekend, it was funny because w- it was I went to go to Alabama to visit a, a friend of mine who actually used to be on the podcast. He used to be my co host. And so I went down to visit him because I've, I've never been down to his place. And we thought, well, why not? This be a lot of fun. So we drove down there for the weekend. And the first night, we decided we were going to uh, go to a, a seafood restaurant. And he's like, oh, they got the best oysters. And I'm like, ah, I'm not really into oysters. He's like, oh, no, you'll love these. These are great. It, they got the best sauce to put on them. I'm like, Okay, fine. So he gets a big plate of oysters for us to share. So we're shoveling down oysters, oysters, and, and drinking, of course. Then we get back to his place. Decide we decide. Well, let's play some cards and drink. So we're playing cards and drinking and smoking cigars, and of course, we're drinking whiskey. This guy's well, he's he's got all kinds of whiskey and yeah, and good stuff too, not you know crap. And so we're like sitting there drinking whiskey and all night long. And I'm telling you what, I was feeling it the next day, and I only had. Okay, I I don't know how many drinks. So I'll be honest. I'm not sure how many I had. I had way too many, obviously. But, man, whiskey beats the hell out of me. And this guy, you know, and, and Don Draper, he seems to drink 10, 12, you know, whiskeys a day, and it's like, oh, keeps on going.
0: Yeah, he sometimes he does black out. But, uh, yeah, he, he can totally drink. I drank whiskey recently, too. Uh, listeners to the podcast would have heard that. We went to the coast with Chris, the the normal co-host of the show, He's right. out on his trip, but um he's uh he's motorcycling across the country by himself right now. Oh how cool. exciting. Yeah. But uh yeah, we all drink whiskey on the coast. Yeah, it gets to me really fast too. I I it feels like if I drink three beers, well, I, may, I guess three beers actually would get you pretty buzzed, but like sure. you know, if you have like three whiskeys, it's like you're drunk. You know, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's hitting you hard. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know, it's, and it seems like, too, the older I get, the harder it is on my
1: body, I guess. But uh, it, it's funny because I can – there's other other hard alcohol that doesn't seem to bother me quite as much. Like for some reason, vodka doesn't seem to bother me quite as much, and rum, and I don't know what that is. Maybe it has something to do with the how it settles on my stomach. Mm-hmm. But whiskey, holy cow. I felt like crap the whole next, almost the entire next day. Yeah. And I was like, and I felt bad too, cause you know, I at this guy's house for the weekend and that whole next day I was just like moaning around and whining and complaining about how my stomach hurts and my head hurt.
0: And isn't it the worst <laughs> feeling in the world too? Well, maybe not the worst, but it's up there though. You, you run someone over with your car, that probably feels worse, but eh, probably, you know, if you, if you did it with a hangover, then it's really bad.
1: Yeah. But that is it's the like,
0: worst. It is the worst. I hate it so much, and I really have gotten a lot better. I mean, you know, I'm I'm 29 now. You start to slow things down a tad, and I have done that. But, man, the hangovers are bad these days. I, I avoid them, and I'll have this weird – do you ever have that moment at maybe like 1130 at night? You're starting to think of how many you've had, and all of a sudden you almost have sort of like a panic moment for like a second. Like, oh, am I going to be like super hungover? How many have I had, you know? I'll like, I'll like have that every once in a while, because now it's like I've been abused, you know. I'm like, oh no, 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 I don't want to be hungover. I gotta stop water, whatever. But
1: I've, I've definitely had those moments. Oh yeah, and the water, by the way, that's the thing. I, every time, every damn time I'm drinking, especially I'm drinking heavy, I keep, I keep saying, remember, make sure you take some breaks and have some water, right? Because you know that's going to help you. And of course, happen. every time I don't do it. <laughs> And then I regret it. You know, the next day I'm mean, like, "Damn it! I should have had some water."
0: Well, what? Yeah, what's the deal? What's the deal with your your body? Like, when you're really craving water, for some reason it tastes worse. What is that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You think that your body would be like, "Ooh, water! I'm really thirsty. Go drink some water." But like, especially if you're hungover in the morning, like water tastes awful. It doesn't taste good. Like, it doesn't. You have to like force water down. And I've had many times coming home kind of late, and it's not like I'm real drunk, but I'm like I should really down a glass or two of water. And it's like right. you have to choke it down; like it tastes like you're drinking, you know, some old, some warm milk or something. I'm like, ugh, ugh. like I, I did like two sips in, and I'm going to sleep. And it's always a mistake. It's always a mistake. Yep, but it happens to me all the time. Yeah, it does. It does happen. But I, I hope that Don can turn it around because it's not fun to watch him abuse alcohol it's actually really not (laughs) like it's depressing and i liked that he had some good some good interactions with sally and they had that great episode where they're in the diner that i thought was really awesome and uh do you remember the one i'm talking about oh yeah yeah Yeah, i loved
1: i loved the scene in the diner and it was i was actually really touching and i the, the, the fact that they just you could tell their their relationship has definitely gotten much better And they've really kind of, you know, patched things up quite a bit. And yeah, that was that was just a great that was a great scene. And then uh, you could tell he was taken back too when when he dropped her off and she said, hey, I I love you. And you could tell Don was like a little taken back
0: by that. But I think it really touched him. Yeah. Well, I mean, who loves him anymore?
1: (laughs) I mean, apparently only Sally, I think it's (laughs) just Sally.
0: I mean, I I actually remember I was laughing at myself because I was on the couch like I was like. She's the only one that loves you. <laughs> Just tell <laughs> yeah. her the truth. She's all you have left. And she's really cool and a good daughter. <laughs> like, right. Oh, man.
1: I think that's, that's kind of where, you know, a lot of people have been asking, like, where are they heading and stuff? I think that's kind of where we're at right now is because I think Don, you know, he he's made a lot of changes in this, seat, this first half about him professionally. Like, you know, he realized, hey, I screwed up. I got to make this right. You know, he... He agreed to crazy, you know, stuff that normally Don Draper would never agree to. So he, you know, he agrees to these these terms to to come back and show his prove his worth and and he does that. And he does that pretty pretty well for the most part. I mean, yeah, he wasn't perfect, but I think you know he's shown that he could be a team player again and and all that. So he's fixed that part. And now the other part in his life that has been fixed is is the um, is the personal stuff in his life, you know? And I think that's where that we could expect to see the last half be about how Don is going to try to get that repaired somehow. And I don't know what exactly that means, uh, necessarily, but I do think they're going to really do deal a lot with that in his life. What about you? You think that's kind of where they're going?
0: Well, I hope so. I, I definitely hope so. Um, I just—it's so hard. I've gone through so many different thoughts on Don throughout this show, and it's like, do I really like him? Do I not? Do I want him to be this sort of redeemed character, Mm -hmm. or is it going to be more of like Tony Soprano, where you just sort of experience what he's doing, and ultimately he's not really a good guy, and (laughs) then he dies, (laughs) and like (laughs) that's that's basically it. Uh, I mean, but I, you know, I want to like him so. I I hope you know. There's just not that much time left, though. Too, it's like you, you feel like there's another season left, but it's just another seven episodes. I don't know what is in store, but you can't do a ton. So, and it sounds like it's going to be still in the 60s, right? You think it's going to be 69?
1: Yeah, I don't I, – you know, you know, a lot of people wonder, well, maybe they'll throw us off by doing something crazy and jump ahead way into his future. But I just don't see it happening. I think it's going to stay in 1969. The Most of the interviews you ever hear from Matthew, that's kind of the way he's in, in disgust is that he really feels like it needs to – end as we're going into the 70s so i expect yeah. to stay in 69 we'll finish out in 69 and I, I expect that last episode to be pushing right as they you know getting ready to enter into the 70s yeah and that will be the show the show will be the, the from that decade at, of the 60s and that's what it's going to be all about mm-hmm. I, I i would be shocked if they go in any other direction and i'm not saying that that last episode might not have some kind of you know ending you know, epilogue or something where we'll jump ahead and see Don as an old man, you know, or something like that. But that's about the extent of it. I don't, I don't think we'll see anything past 1969.
0: Yeah, I, I would predict that there's they'll probably either be some interesting flash forwards or some more flashbacks. I don't know if there were mm-hmm. any this season, but um, cool. yeah, I I don't think my track record is really great on predicting <laughs> just about anything. I don't know. I'm sort of I'm not sure. But I'm not very good at
1: neither, man. And especially with Mad Men, I've never really done a good job
0: as far as predicting anything major. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And who knows how much they even know? I, I I don't know how this process works, but it sounds like some of it is a lot more in, in limbo than you really think. But I'm I'm a, I'm thinking he must have an idea in mind for what that final shot is. Yeah, he said years ago he
1: he knew how he was going to have Don end. But you're right, the writing process for these kind of shows, you know, don't let any of those guys fool you. There is a lots of the parts in the middle where they, it it's a work in progress, you know, where they kind of write as they feel is needed, you know, and it's not something that you know, it's not like he had every single episode decided know how it was going to be. So there's there's definitely parts of it that is just kind of you know, come to them as, as they go along. But I from what I understand, he's always had in 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 mind as far as how things were gonna end for Don Draper.
0: Yeah. Well I'm definitely still interested. I I can't say the same for a few other shows that I used to be into and sort of lost interest in like like Walking Dead a little bit and uh Boardwalk Empire a little bit. But mm-hmm. this show has definitely still still kept me going, so I love that. And I'm sad that it's gonna be over for sure. So yeah,
1: I I will definitely miss it. I think it's going to go down as one of those shows that uh people always remember as being one damn good drama, you know. Yeah. that uh, it, uh, it's it's always just going to be remembered as as being just really really good, you know, kind of like The Wire and some of those other shows that just were just so outstanding and uh ahead ab- above the most of the other
0: shows. So. Yeah. I'm a little bit embarrassed actually. I have not finished uh Breaking Bad, which I must be the last person on the planet that's over. The sixteen <laughs> that hasn't well in the U.S. maybe that hasn't seen it, but I just through the weekend I got. Have you seen it? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. don't. I don't know if I ever told
1: you this, but the, I decided, you know, a long time ago. You know, everybody kept saying, "Oh, you really should watch Breaking Bad." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it." Well, then as we were leading into that last half, I decided that summer I'm like, "Damn it, all right, I'm gonna start watching." You know, because most of it was on Netflix, and so I did. Man, and I watched that first episode, and I was so hooked. I was staying up way too late at night, man. I would I would roll into work and the guys at work would be like, Damn man, you look like shit. What happened? And I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> You're like, I'm, thanks, the- bro. Too- yeah, no. <laughs> oh, we're a real real, real honest with each other at work and i'm like dude i was up till two in the morning watching breaking bad again they're like what you idiot you know and of course so then i got i, I so i kept talking about the show not giving me details but just how much i love it so finally each each and every one of these guys a, and their own terms started watching the show and now they come rolling in and they were coming rolling and laid it you know
0: looking like crap and i said breaking bad right and they go <laughs> yes thank <laughs> you <laughs> i know it's so good I, I have no excuse for why i i couldn't keep up with it really i just didn't and, and it's great i love it it's awesome i'm i'm at um the start of season five okay so it'll go
1: fast for you yeah. yeah you're gonna love it i a lot of people ask me well <clears throat> did you like the way it ended i said dude if all shows could end that way so perfectly I mean, we'd all be happy, but uh, yeah. it was just—it they just did a really nice job wrapping up. So, you'll have to let me know when you finish it, and I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, I will.
0: I, I was shocked. I even—even for—for uh, Hank, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I just—I just, I just couldn't believe uh, some of the stuff that was going on. I couldn't believe that Walt um, actually poisoned what was his name? Uh, oh, the, the little kid. The yeah, kid. yeah um, I could not believe it that yeah. that's so crazy because you know it's it's the sort of classic story of like this this slippery slope but man that's a stretch to it's to a- think that that's reasonable like that you should be able to do that you know yeah. what i mean I-
1: I'm sure if if Walt was here and he was real and he was talking to us he'd be like saying, "Well, listen, I knew what I was doing. I knew how much to give him to keep him from dying. I knew he was going to be okay. I could yeah. save him. You know, I had a plan to make sure he didn't die." But I can man, imagine that, him saying that actually. Just, yeah, I'm just saying that that is so so I mean, I think that puts That is the one. Well, there's many different areas that a lot of fans struggled on. Where where's the moment where you started not liking Walt? And I think this was the last straw where people were like, "Okay, I don't know if I like this guy," you know, because who would be willing to risk, dangering, killing a a kid just to, you know, yeah, fill your own needs that you needed? And I'm like, yeah, it was going on a whole nother level there.
0: Well, and think about their how different they are between jesse and walt when when walt's willing to kill this kid uh, uh, uh not that he was actually going to kill him because it, he, i think you're you're right i think in his mind he'd be saying no 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 no. i the, the dosage there's never been anyone that's died from you know, he would have some like scientific way of mm-hmm. explaining it but really risking someone risking this kid there's just an innocent bystander in all this when jesse finds out that oh uh, maybe Gus didn't actually poison him, and now he's even thinking. Well, he's questioning whether or not he still needs to be killed. You know, and it's like, right. I mean, in I mean, in Walt's mind, it's like, yes, Gus needs to be killed. Like, absolutely. But they're just so far different. It's like at least is yeah. trying. He's like, ah, oh, he's thinking about it, and Walt's just like, he's a killer. <laughs> he's just a man on a mission. It's crazy. But I'll I'll be I one of the one of the things I'll be interested to see
1: is like how you feel about each character you know once the show is over with and stuff. So you'll have to let me know how yeah. you feel. because I really bounced around a lot with my feelings about you know how, you know whether or not I liked them and disliked them and so on and so forth. So it, it changed throughout the yeah. season. I'm I, I think to... that's what the writers intended, though.
0: Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to write a little spoiler alert. And there somewhere we are spoiling yes. a little, uh, a little breaking bad. <laughs> just <laughs> probably a little should bit. have said that. Yeah. Well, we don't know who, who dies and maybe people failed at uh, whatever. Spoiler alert <laughs> yeah, everyone. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So that, that's been fun though. I, that's been fun. I've been doing that. I, um, I, I actually just tweeted this out. This is kind of sad for me personally, but it is true. Uh, I, I've been watching more TV and the other night I, it was like a Saturday, I think. I ended up home a little bit drunk, <laughs> and I ended up on-demanding diver- <laughs> Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. Nice. I on-demanded that show, <laughs> and then I realized it later because I mean it's not that I couldn't remember. I just saw it again, pop up in my recent watches, you know. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, uh, I'm how drunk was, was I? Mean. Yeah. But there's something really comforting about that show. Actually, I just there sit is. back and you just you know exactly what you're gonna get. You know, yeah. it's like it's like turning on the Looney Tunes or something. You're like, yeah, I'm just gonna get a little enjoyment here, and we're gonna see some good uh, risotto and just move on with our lives. You know. So I, I, was, I was Yeah, I was. A little, I was definitely embarrassed about that, especially because he has a kind of a bad reputation. I don't know. I think he's good. He's totally entertaining. Nice oh, guy. Yeah. He's got like this bad rep. I don't. I don't get why. He had like one bad review for his Times Square restaurant or something. Everybody hates him, and it's like, come on, he's just a, just an entertainer with a, It's a chef.
1: Exactly. And that's like pretty him. much. I mean, that's pretty much all he is for the most part. Now he's got you a know. bad hairdo. And I'll give it. You give you that. Right. It, it's it's funny what you'll find to watch though. You said that earlier about uh, finding yourself watching. Uh, you know, um, Diners and Drive. I, I do that with like all kinds of shows, you know, like HGTV, you know, this is obviously the show that is probably more designated for my parents, right? But <laughs> I'll find myself late at night watching that show or watching different shows that are on there going, yeah, I could do that to my house. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and after a while you go, why am I watching this? <laughs>
0: oh. but it's, it's like
1: addictive. It, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just like you said, I think it's because it it's mind numbing and you know exactly what to expect you know yeah and it's just simple something simple to watch at night when you just could care less you just want something to watch but you don't want to get invested in some major story thing so you put on put on something like that you know
0: well and and i would argue that it's a lot healthier and better for you to watch than like a uh like a real Housewives of blankety oh, you know. blank or or you know bad girls club <laughs> Or there's a lot of those, even stuff like, um, even stuff like, like house hunters or something, even mm. that is sort of like, you know, it's, it could probably make you depressed if you don't have much money to go buy something new, you know, and people watch that and sort of like live vicariously through that stuff. And right. this, this is, this is just, just, just some nice, nice, good old fashioned TV. So I don't feel too bad about it, but I, I, I was at least slightly embarrassed and I, I was talking to you about this actually, but. I also ended up watching Rear Window the other night. Oh, uh, yes. Just, just, just to touch on that real quick. It's such a great movie. And Grace Kelly is so great. And she has, like, more class than every person alive <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. They But between them two together. They, what, did people just have more class back then? Or they just portrayed themselves as having it? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I well, I, sh- I definitely think it has to do with the betray- you know portrayal that they had on screen. Like back back in the golden age of of movies, movie stars were elegant and graceful and. Like you said, very classy, you know, and I and that was just the way Hollywood did such a great job of presenting it. I'm sure in real life these people were probably just as terrible as the Kardashians, but probably. you just didn't know it, you know. I mean, there wasn't like 24 hours, seven days a week news and paparazzi's, you know, quite the same level as we have today.
0: Yeah, there's no TMZ hanging out outside yeah. the restaurant. <laughs> That's right. Looking for so, some so, some upshots, you know.
1: All, all the bad things that these these uh, actors and act, and the actors were doing at that time, they, it wasn't under the scrutiny that we have today, where we just, you know, we know everything about the stars that we watch today, right? You oh, know, man. so I think yeah. that's part of it. But yeah, they just see more, just like you said, more elegant and graceful, and they it well, was they, uh, it was definitely a different time, that's for sure.
0: They even have like an accent, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. Grace Kelly. That's like a non-existent anymore accent. You know, she's kind of like, oh, you know, uh, what do you mean Thorwald is guilty? I, I, You know, it's like, I don't even know what she's... She's not English. It's not an English accent. It's like a just a proper American accent or something. Right. And I remember noticing that a long time ago when I first watched this mo- that movie and a couple of the movies of that time where it's like... It's almost like they have this more sophisticated way of talking that almost sounds... You know how we find English speakers, just, they just sound intelligent, you mm-hmm. know, and right. it sounds like that, the style of someone like Grace Kelly is like the same thing. It just portrays intelligence, but people don't talk like that anymore. <laughs> no,
1: they someone don't. Like I past. mean, they have, absolutely, they do, we don't, unfortunately, we don't see that or hear that kind of talk anymore. It's, and yeah. I like, I like the way you said it too, because I don't think much about that, but you're right. Almost, it seemed like all the, you know, like an actress would be like, Hello, my darling.
0: Yeah. How are you today?
1: And it's, you know, it's just like, whoa, where, where'd that come from? But, is that yeah. an accent? No, it's still just English. What was that? Yeah. So it, it was different.
0: You're right. It's funny to think of that, but you're right. I know. It's hard to, it's hard to do, but I just was laughing when she comes in and she's like, you know, she's like, well, wh- well how do you know that the world didn't just have something to do that night? You know, it's just like, what well, it's so wow it's she's just great I don't know she's she's great yeah, and, Hitchcock and is so good. All
1: like that I mean everybody during that age of of a film where it was like that you know
0: Yeah I wonder if they kind of taught you that in finishing school or acting school or whatever I you know I don't think people talk like that in normal day-to-day chatter you know Yeah. Know. maybe they do I, I don't know Hitchcock was great though I love that movie I love that plot I love that idea I actually for those of you that haven't seen it, uh, Jimmy Stewart is has a broken leg, and he's in a little he's in an apartment on the second or third floor of a New York apartment building. But it's facing this little courtyard, so you can see like all of his neighbors, and you can see everything that's going on. And then he starts to suspect that one of his neighbors has killed his wife, and uh, so he just and he can't move really because he's just in this cast, and so he's just sort of obsessed with it. You don't really know what's real and what's not, and it's just a perfect little thriller movie it's awesome like i just love it peeping tom
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it is it's so funny because when i tell people I well the entire film pretty much takes place in his apartment and they go the whole film is just in the apartment and i go yeah yeah the whole film i didn't even think about that it's true though it's so brilliant i mean you never at once are ever thinking about the fact that you hardly ever see anything other than from his apartment. But that's the brilliance of the whole thing. And, and you, it's just, it's a very simple story, but it's just like one of those things where you go, it makes you think, wow. Who my neighbor could be? You never know who your neighbor could be. I mean, it, your neighbor could be a killer, you know. And I mean, obviously, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything from the movie necessarily. I don't want to tell you whether or not the neighbor really was a killer or not. But that's the whole suspense. The whole thing is that you just you you start to wonder, you know, like, well, who is living next door to me? Yeah. It's it's definitely Hitchcock at his best. I mean, oh, it was yeah. definitely one of the top five Hitchcock movies for me. I know for sure.
0: Well, and it, and I just kind of thought of this, but it's sort of interesting in a way. I think that he is, in the movie Jimmy Stewart's a photographer that's been all over the world, and they show his pictures. By the way, I I you know I'm kind of trying to to potentially you know, I, I'd like to get in filmmaking in some way. I think I talked about this a little bit, but sure. I mean you know I think it'd be amazing to to do that. I've 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 tried. I've started writing a screenplay and stuff like that, and who knows what'll happen. But I cool. sort of have tried to key in on noticing cool things that I like in mm. movies and just how they do stuff and i remember just thinking it was really cool that in a, the span of like like 10 seconds they could portray so much information about jimmy stewart because they are sort of panning around his room and you, you see his cameras you see his nice you can see that it's a nice camera then you start to see pictures that are on the front cover of i don't know forget what magazine time or whatever out in the jungle or whatever then you see you know, like a car racing picture. And then you also see, I think, like an article about that he had been hurt or like, you kind of like, all this information gets conveyed that he's a photographer and that he was hurt and broke his leg, like on the job, I think, if I remember right. right. And it's all gets conveyed in just this really, and it's not like you'd be like, oh, well, that's really easy. They're showing us what he did. You know, it's like, it's just a very natural, they're just showing you what's going on. And it happens to tell you all this information. And you're, like, caught up without having to say anything. So you already know who he is and why he's there and everything within the first, like, five seconds of the movie. Right. Yeah, just a
1: simple panoramic shot around the room, and bam, he just told you everything you need to know in the backstory. Yeah. So you
0: you don't – there is almost no exposition in that movie. I mean, they talk a little bit about their relationship, Grace Kelly and him, but, like, there's not – they just jump right into the action pretty much. And it's cool. The other thing I thought is cool about it – is that he's this photographer that goes all around the world, but then it like the, all the most interesting stuff ends up happening right next to him in, from his bedroom, from his mm-hmm. house where he would never have bothered to look around unless he was forced to sit down, you know, and um, it's pretty cool. I like all those characters too. I like Miss Lonely Hearts and and the, old, the piano yeah. playing guy and um, um, uh, Miss Torso. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you get to you get you get a sense of everything that's going on in in, in the the entire, you know, courtyard, in the whole neighborhood and it he just takes you into this place where you almost kind of feel like you're right there, you know, and you you feel like, yeah, I oh yeah, I I, I know who that is now, you know. It, it's just great. It was so much of that. It was just so brilliant the way he did that. And it you know, it really wasn't a whole lot of of that Hitchcock really always found interesting ways to tell a story that no one else really was able to do until he came out i mean he was such a master at it
0: yeah that's pretty awesome so definitely a recommendation uh rear window oh absolutely for sure they're pretty much any hitchcock you know they're all they're all pretty awesome um yeah saw some world cup today did you see any of the game I
1: saw a couple minutes of it. I was down uh, the street getting some food, and they had it on on the television. But unfortunately, um, they kind of frown upon us watching television at work. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's just, oh. you know,
0: a bunch of Nazis. You know, it's crazy. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> but I kinda... had it on my phone. You know, and I was really yeah. able to kind of keep up with it a little bit. Yeah. And then, of course, I was a little down about the the score. But then I found out. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, is it P- Portugal, right? Or who was it that lost that helped us out? Oh, that's actually a pretty good question. I think that it was Ghana that lost. Oh, okay. um, I knew it was somebody. Somebody, whoever it was that we need to have lost, lost, and that that we moved on. I'm like, oh, okay,
0: we're we're moving on. There's a 50-50 chance that I'm right. (laughs) It's one of of those countries. It's legitimately confusing a little bit as to how that all worked out because it's goal differential that matters if the points are the same. It sort of just got confusing. And then I found out that maybe you already knew this, but – at some point, if your goal differential is is equal, and I think there's some other way that they measure it, and if that's equal, then they just flip a coin. <laughs> so that's how it actually ends at the end that's is like- the coin toss. Yeah, which is pretty interesting. But it's pretty cool that the U.S. is going in. I didn't feel too bad watching it. I didn't watch it, like, the whole time or anything. But my boss is a big soccer fan. He's a big, oh, big-timer. Yeah, so he... Uh, espn's doing a pretty good job really because if you're a comcast member or a whole bunch of different providers you Mm -hmm. can just type that in and now you're watching it live on on any computer which is pretty sweet but like everybody around our office all had it in like a little tiny little corner of their window like one corner one one fourth of their screen was the little soccer game going on so it's kind of funny i know it's (laughs) like everybody had that but uh so i didn't feel too bad because he was watching it and and, the, uh,
1: the only time we ever get away with stuff like that where I live is if it's the Cardinals and World Series. Like if it's the Cardinals and World Series, forget about it. Every day is now a vacation day right. in St. Louis, right? It's like, you know, you might as well just shut the stores down. It's yeah. a World Series <laughs> time. It's crazy, you know, how yeah. uh, passionate they are. It's, it's, it's kind of like if you live in, in Alabama and they're getting ready to – they're playing for the football, you know, for the championship – you know everything shut down. Everybody's watching the game, and that's how it is in yeah, St. Louis like, with baseball. It's they're like just, Auburn Alabama they're game,
0: right? Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you at least have a little experience in that being <laughs> being a contender. You know, <laughs> the, although the Mariners are streaking a little bit. I don't yeah, know if... you wanted to talk a little bit about them, didn't you? So, so they're doing uh, pretty well this season, right? Well. By their own standards, yes. Uh, to be <laughs> to be still in the hunt at the end of June is actually a pretty big feat. I was curious how bad they actually have been. And, I mean, it hasn't been, like, awful. But they have had a couple hundred lost seasons in the last ten years. And it's just been sad because ever since 2001, you know, they won 116 games back in 01 and, right. and then lost in the ALCS to the Yankees. And and yeah. have never really made a run since then, and so that was so sad. And it's a think too that Ichiro was so great, and everyone thought he was going to be this this guy that's going to lead them to some victories. But and he was great, but they never did anything again. That was his first year, I think. He was rookie of the year that year, and they never yeah. made another run. It's so sad. But they are forty two and thirty seven. Uh, so they're yeah, not I exactly see that. just they're
1: six and a half games out of first. But that Oakland team's been playing out of their mind this year it seems like so
0: they're great i mean i think the mariners realistically they're just gonna have to hope to get one of those wild card spots but they have won seven out of their last 10 of course the top three guys teams in their division have all won seven of the last 10 they're all pretty good the rangers are the weird one i don't know why they're so bad they've got that huge paint the the payroll
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know what's going on the Rangers, yeah, that was actually it's been kind of a surprise this season for me. I didn't, I didn't. Of course, I had not really. I haven't been keeping up real closely, I, you know. But I knew they have a solid team on paper. So I guess
0: are they suffering from a lot of injuries, or what's their story? Do you know, I'm I'm not totally sure. Actually, see, this isn't going to make it sound like I'm just a big Fairweather fan. And in a way, yes, I admit it. I sort of am, but you know, I it's been so bad for so long that I've been I've been hurt by them. I've been abused. Yeah, I used to I deliver pizza understand. in Ellensburg, uh-huh. uh, Ellensburg, Washington. I delivered pizza all through college, so all through like oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight. And I mean, those were some of the worst teams the major leagues have ever seen. I mean, they were <laughs> so bad. I think two thousand eight, they lost like a hundred and one games, and it was like every night was Felix Hernandez putting up two earned runs and you know going eight innings. And they would lose, they would lose two uh, zero or something. And it was like every night, and they'd leave like twenty five guys on base. It's like insanely bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was just always like, uh, yeah, I've just been sort of turned off by them. But uh, so I haven't. Long story short, I haven't really been keeping up too much um, on what's going on. But yeah, the, the Rangers have a huge payroll, and I'm not sure what's up with them. They've lost, they've lost like probably looks like about eight of their last nine yeah um, they're on a terrible you know, losing streak. So i was looking at that as
1: so that's not they're not not going well for them that's for sure by the way i forgot yeah. to tell you uh you don't have to worry about your mariners ever being in last place again because you're welcome we gave you houston <laughs> they've <laughs> they, just they, been horrible ever since they, they came over they suck <laughs> i don't mean to upset any of your texas listeners but uh I can say that because we were a, a strong rival with them for quite a long time, and when I heard they were moving to the American League, I said,
0: "Good riddance." Yeah, see see you later. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least, it's someone that they at least could split series with, you know, if they come yeah, to
1: town. The thing is, they're kind of in a in a that transition mode now too, because you know they built up many years with the great with you the, had they had the the killer bees and they had all this. They had you know great uh, great hitting and pitching, and they had really good teams there for a good long stretch uh, and they were always keeping up with the Cardinals and stuff um, for a long time. It was usually either Houston and the Cardinals that won the central division in the in the national league, so they have been really good for a long time they're but now they're in that transition where they're trying to figure out you know trying to build up their their youth and stuff so they're, it's going to be a, maybe a little bit before they're going to be good again, but I'm sure eventually they'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. But for now, you're welcome. <laughs> well, I know that, I, I know that, um, Prince Fielder is, you know, one of their big, uh, acquisitions and I think he's right. been hurt. I think he's been hurt most of the season and uh, he's just out of shape. Man, yeah. he, he needs to drop some weight, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, that would help. Yeah. That would help. He's always been a big boy though. Yeah. He is. I actually man, seeing him get a hold of one and knock it out of the park is a cool sight. Like he's got a great swing. Oh yeah. And he just gets put everything behind it. It'd be scary to pitch to him. Yeah, he's got it's it's in his blood, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I would be scared. You know, I pitched uh a couple years of college ball, community college ball, but whatever. And uh I was a slow throwing lefty, you know, where I would I'd be kinda throwing junk up there all the time. And uh that a guy like that, especially he's a is he lefty? He is lefty. It, um yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, he is lefty. I, that, Especially a big lefty, even though it sounds kinda of funny, normally, I mean you know this as a baseball fan, normally if you're lefty against lefty, that's a good matchup for the pitcher. You you'd like to, to be thrown with the same arm as the as the batters, you know, just the way that it all works out. But for some reason, me being a slower throwing guy, it's I'm actually worked in the opposite where I was a lot better against righties. I'm lefty, then obviously. I should say that. Um, but it's like a big, a big power hitting left. You're like that was always scary for me because I'd like, you know, leave a curveball hanging or something. And it's like, they just <laughs> bang it. So he, he'd be a scary guy to throw to for sure. But, um, yeah, everyone's getting a little bit excited actually with the Mariners. It's like the fans are sort of ready to jump back in. I mean, I think they're just sort of waiting that their, their attendance hasn't been good and stuff, but they've been bad for so long. If they can sort of make any sort of, come back and present themselves well at all, people will be packed into Safeco for sure. I'm going to head up to Safeco this year and watch a game or two excited be, for that.
1: Uh, yeah, that would be that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, do you... Uh, now, how far... So, exactly how far is it to to get there from where you live?
0: Uh, it's probably like two and a half hours, and you can take a train up there, which is kind of a cool way to do oh, that's it. that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can go. You, it's kind of expensive though, actually, for what you're actually getting. It's probably like, it's probably like sixty seventy five dollars a person for a round trip train ticket. Mm-hmm. I think this is not and it's a
1: two hour drive. Yeah, you're probably right. You maybe uh, maybe would be cheaper to drive then.
0: It might be, but you can kind of hang out and you can have some beers and and whatever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's Some cool. Whiskey. I mean a lot
1: of times when we go to Chicago, we've actually taken the train. It's fantastic. It's about somewhere between $45, 50 dollars a person for a round trip. And it's kinda nice though. You need to, you just take it. And we usually just get out get out and or take a cab to our hotel room and you don't really do a lot of driving when you're in the city anyway, so um we actually kind of enjoy taking the train. It's actually a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. That's cool. I, I I'm misjudging it a little bit. I'm looking it up and it's with the trains. The trains are always slower, but it's more like three and a half to four hours. So you're saying you lied to me. I lied to you. I'm sorry, man. Oh gosh. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I work for Amtrak. <laughs> I was, I'm sorry. It's, I was trying to understate <laughs> the distance. Now that, that should be fun though. And I love watching baseball games. It's great. Actually, the last time I went to Safeco though in Seattle was for my birthday last year. And, uh, I forget his name, but pitcher for the White Sox came over and pitched a perfect game. <laughs> Against, oh, the, really? against the Mariners, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So I mean, at least I got to see an, a perfect game.
1: That's true. It's Even if cool. it's not your your team, it's still pretty impressive to see. Yeah, there's
0: only been like 27 maybe of those in the history of the bigs. Yeah, I'd there have to look that one up.
1: Many. That one I'm not sure of, but you're right. There hasn't been a whole lot, so. Very, it's, very
0: it's few, yeah. Very I mean, rare to see a perfect game. It's so hard to. To do that, that's a a pretty amazing feat. Yeah, I mean, especially since you (laughs) don't you understand. I do. I mean, I made it look pretty easy myself, but... Well, yeah, of course. Felix Hernandez is on this list? I didn't realize that. How did I not know that? He is? Wow. Um. Wow, that's crazy. This says Felix became the 23rd person to do it in 2012, August 15th, 2012. Oh, there you go. There were three of them last season. That is insane.
1: Yeah, I do remember that. I was just—I was going to just bring that up. I remember we had. Oh, it was that. That's got to be very. That's crazy to think about that, but I do remember that.
0: Yeah, uh, it was kind of interesting that when I saw this was—I'm looking this up. It was uh, Philip Humber of the White Sox, and on a full count in the bottom of the ninth, two two down, full mm-hmm. count, and they called him out. They a uh, check checked swing called uh, strike 3 that was very suspect and i just think that they kind of didn't want the game to the perfect game to be ruined on a cl- very close walk you know mm-hmm. they didn't want it to be close at all so they just called him out and i remember being like whoa that was not a strike and i don't <laughs> think he went around but he really deserved it and the the sad thing is that the mariners hit the ball hard like once all game I mean, there were, there were not like nice plays being made to keep him alive. It was just like, so sad. (laughs) But it's always fun to be at the ballpark. So. Oh, yeah. Baseball. I think we should play a little Rotten Tomatoes game, which is. I think we should. Yeah. We're, so we're trying to try to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score of some movies and we're going to do five and the theme is baseball movies. Does that work for you? Right. very good no absolutely i can i can I can handle that you're kind of a you're a movie buff right you call yourself that oh absolutely yes i that's safe that's a safe term to use with in front of me so <laughs> all right first first movie i actually i promise I'm not cheating, I don't remember at all what it was, but I think there's a chance you might have used this movie before, but it's one of my favorite uh baseball movies from nineteen ninety three Gary busey. Thomas Ian Nicholas, Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Yes, I have seen this movie before. Yeah. It's
1: it's been a while, but I I have seen it before. Now, to make sure I understand the rules, we are sticking to the normal rules. This is going to be the critics, that's not the uh, viewers,
0: right? Right, right. And it's not the top critics either. It's just the straight-up critics score.
1: Straight-up critics score. Okay, very good. Now, am I going first or are you going first?
0: Um. Well, we both can just kind of say like, "All right, I've got one in mind," and so we, you know, so that you're not like basing it off of the other person's score, even though there's no prize or anything. It doesn't matter if you win. But yeah, just tell me when you have a score, and then I'll I'll tell you when I have mine, and then we can figure out then whoever wants to go can go. All
1: right. Well, I I have I have a score in mind. Okay, i I can go
0: first. I'm still thinking. Um. Okay. This is tough. This is tough to me because it's a, if, this is one of those movies where, like, if you're in that zone where you were probably born between, like, 1980 and maybe, like, 1990, you might, like, I mean, like, I really think of this movie as a great movie. I loved it. But I kind of doubt this is really holding up. Uh, I've got mine. You've got yours? Yes, I do. Okay. I am going to guess 45.
1: 45. Well, I was going to say 54. Mm. So we're pretty close. We're on the same wavelength. Think the same, they're thinking... <laughs> basically Not so thinking great. It
0: was so-so. This guy, too, that was in this, I think all he's really done since then is the American Pie movies. Uh, Thomas Ian oh, uh, Nicholas, Henry Rowan Gardner, great name, by the way. That is a great name. And Gary Busey as say- Chet Stedman. Oh man, I'd watch this movie right now. <laughs> uh, rookie of the year from
1: 1993, 39.
0: 39. 30. Ooh, 39. man. Yeah, not we great. A off. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It can't be that great, but I mean, for, for what it's trying to do, what, what are your actual complaints? You know, I'd, I'd like to hear an <laughs> honest critic really like, you know, give some real top shelf like critiques of this movie. It's like, come on. <laughs> this is for 12-year-old boys that like baseball. That's uh, true.
1: I, I, I'm sure they were not. That It's funny whenever they critique a movie like that so much. But, yeah, it is what it is, right?
0: It is what it is. Uh, next up, really great um, – I would say maybe some of the kind of best, like, actual in-game, like, what makes it look like actual baseball being played, actually. Uh, from 1999, Kevin Costner, Kelly Preston, For Love of the Game. Ooh, For Seen Love of the one? Game. That, I remember that one being, it was way too long.
1: It was long. Love story, obviously, than anything. yeah.
0: You know, but his love for
1: baseball and his and and the love for, yeah. for this woman.
0: It's sort of like a sneaky good baseball footage type movie though cuz it's like he's got some cool stuff where he's you know he's actually talking through some of his pitches and it's like oh I know this guy and you know he kind of like he has a good motion too like Kevin Costner just looks like he's a a player I think he was right? He, he might have played for a little college or something
1: like that. Yeah, if I remember right, I, he's a gigantic baseball fan. So, yeah, a
0: baseball he, he, he a definitely looks the part, and I think it's cool. He kind of just like what, what, he, what his mental process is like is kind of cool. He's talking about shutting out the crowd and, you know, how he decides what pitch he's going to throw. And I don't know, I like that stuff. The, the The love story sort of fizzled a little bit for me.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, exactly. I thought all I remember of is thinking is decent film. I wish it was a little shorter and yeah, a little bit less of that stuff. I obviously really enjoyed the whole aspect of of the game portion of it for him. But uh,
0: well, and and Kelly Preston was super hot, super hot, kind of underrated as far right. as like a, yeah. some some hot actresses out there. And what's kind of weird now we're getting older, I guess, but his daughter. Or uh, her daughter, Jenna Malone, is is really attractive and a good actress th- these days. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, she is a little bit. She is she is attractive. So, so hmm. you got a, you got a, you got anything in mind? You got a score?
1: Okay, yes. So I have a score. I'm gonna go. Who oh boy?
0: I'm I've gonna say forty eight. Forty eight. We're we're going opposite directions here. I thought it was a little bit better. I said oh, sixty five. Okay. Not a ton, but we well, already won the first round. That's
1: so <laughs> not looking too good here, so
0: all right. But it it's on the low end then. For the love of the game, nineteen ninety nine, forty six is our number. Forty six. Jeremiah, you are dialed in, my friend. By the way, if you want to see the
1: golf version of For Love of the Game, go rent Ten Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. kind of similar in a way, if I remember it right. Oh yeah. Kind of more of a love story, but it also was a, his love for the game. And I just remember there was one scene where he, cause he was, he plays, of course, a guy who has an attitude issue. And he, he had, dro- had a, I think he was drop or, yeah, he went to go drop and he hit the back in the water. And then he kept on hitting it again, well, and, hitting going, again and, going, and hitting it again and hitting it again, even though it kept going in the water. Then he ran and, out of balls, right? There's <laughs> something like that, right? That's a, for something that was one scene
0: stuck out. Uh yeah. I think it happens twice. I think like earlier in the movie he does it and he runs oh, out of balls right. and like it's yeah. kick, like he's done in this tournament. And then I think at the end, spoiler alert, I think he then <laughs> yeah he does eventually land it on the green or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I think you're right that's how it played out. I feel like every time I I've ever seen that movie on, it always seems to be at the part where they're in the bar and they bet that he can't hit hit a ball out of like an open door of this bar and hit like a big bird. Yes. There's a big. There's a big <laughs> what is that? The, uh, stork or something? Yeah, he trying he hits to move it what off it a post.
1: I sure. Yeah. I sure hope that uh, these the bird wasn't really injured during the f- making of the film.
0: I heard <laughs> there was some there was some trouble after that. Oh, is there? Yeah, because Kevin Costner's dialed up. in. Yeah, he really hit it. <laughs> all right.
1: That's, I forgot about that scene. You're right. I remember that
0: now. Yeah, that's a really good movie. He's really good. <laughs> There's yeah. kind of a Kevin Costner theme here that's about to start. Well, he wasn't a lot of baseball movies. I
1: mean, yeah. he he's, you go look at the list of his movies. There's quite a few of them that have to do with something about baseball.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a great actor. So, sticking right with the Kevin Costner theme. Okay. Uh Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon from 1988. Bull Durham. Oh, no, no. That's that's a good one. movie.
1: That is a good one. And I have a feeling this might be one that I could see critics probably enjoying a yeah. little bit more than some of the other ones we mentioned so far.
0: I would think so. It's definitely well-respected, I think. It's well-regarded. hmm But I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't know. I think it holds I, up, though. I
1: finally recently—it's it's funny you mention it because it's one of those movies I like— Earlier in my life, i seen quite a few times, and then I went for a long stretch where I hadn't seen it in a long time. And so more recently, I don't remember if I – I don't remember where I got it from. Maybe I even just recorded. It. Maybe I saw it. might have been on satellite or something, but – and I just like – I said, I'm going to sit down and watch this, and I, I watched it again, and you know what? It still held up pretty good. I thought it was yeah. very good. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching it. It wasn't that long ago. Maybe a year, year and a half ago I watched mm-hmm. it again. Yeah. So definitely recommend it. So definitely. really
0: It's good you got a score in mind?
1: Uh yes, yes I do.
0: Okay, I've got you, mine. tell
1: now are you want, me, or you want yeah, to go? Yeah, go first?
0: ahead. I've got mine in mind. Cuz I
1: feel bad. I feel like I'm going first all the time now.
0: Yeah, well, you should actually a little bit. I was going to bring it up, but uh, it's Oh, cuz you know, I'm the guest. Yeah, I, I didn't I thought we shouldn't air out our dirty laundry to all the viewers, listeners, so. <laughs> no, go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to go with uh 85.
0: 85 strong guess. I like that, I went a little bit lower. I went seventy-one. Okay. You said eighty-five, right? Yes, eighty-five. Eighty-five. All right. Let's find out. I I think people liked it. I think it's it, it at least the view. Oh wow! Whoa! Whoa! Bull! Big, big reaction! Big reaction! Bull Durham from nineteen eighty-eight coming in at a solid ninety-seven percent.
1: Holy cow! Whoa! Ninety-seven. Oh, This says, Kevin Costner
0: at his funniest and most charismatic in Bull Durham, a film that's as wise about relationships as it is about minor league baseball. Very nice. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Top critics, 100. 14 fresh with zero rotten. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's craziness. You have a commanding lead right now. Um, That's not... uh,
1: I like being in the lead. That's nice. <laughs> I feel like it's unfair, though. You know, we're doing baseball, and I'm from St. Louis. I don't know. I well, actually I agree with
0: that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep it going with with Costner. Um, okay. He's the king of of this genre. Um, Kevin Costner, Amy Madigan, 1989, Field of Dreams.
1: Field of Dreams, which just celebrated its 25th anniversary if from what I understand, which is crazy to yep. think about. Good God. Talk about – that's a, that's a good way to make you feel old is when somebody mentions how old the movie is that you like really love and see many times. Yeah. So that this fall is the 20th anniversary of one of my favorite movies, Forrest Gump, and I was thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. 20 years?
0: <laughs>
1: Takes a lot.
0: Yeah. Wow. That was 93, wasn't it? Whoa. Uh, 94. It was ninety three. Yeah, oh, twenty years. It'll anymore. be this fall. Oh, I thought you said it was last it fall.
1: In fall of nineteen ninety four. Uh, I don't know the exact date, but yeah, it was released in. Uh, I guess I think it was fall. I thought that's what they said. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. So we are going with probably one of the best baseball movies of all time. I think it has to be "Build the field of Dreams." I mean, it's it's. I love it. I've seen it multiple times. Now I course Don't remember what anybody I don't surely don't remember what people were saying about when it first came out. I think it was well received, um and of course, I know it's well received today. People talk very highly of it, so I assume this one's also going to have a good score. We just did Baldorum, and that got 97%, right? Yeah, oh, man. Where, where do you go from there? I know. All right, well, I got a number.
0: Okay, I need a second. I it. That's so interesting. If if it's if it's lower than Bull Durham, I think it's wrong because Bull nice. Durham's great. But I mean, Field of Dreams ha- is a, it appeals to a wider audience. I think it's a it's a classic. It's probably it's got to be in like the you know uh, the where they preserve. What are they? What are the the uh, Library of Congress or something? It seems <laughs> like they they would put it in there. It's a classic. I got mine. Okay. I'll go first this time because you've just been stepping on my toes. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm going to say... Thousands
1: of miles away, too. How am I doing that? It's amazing.
0: I don't know. I'm going to say 98.
1: You're going to go 98. Mm -hmm. I I had 95 in mind. So me and you are like...
0: Hey, what's up? This is Danny. And, uh, you know, it's embarrassing to say, but you're hearing this because I accidentally cut off... Our uh, Rotten Tomatoes game with Jeremiah. My fault. Take full responsibility. Me and the computer talked about it, and the mistake won't happen again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm actually pretty sure he won. I like don't can't completely remember. Actually, it's been a little while since we recorded this. But uh, you know, but gotta say, if you if you made it this far, I love you deeply. I wish I could. Uh, give you a big kiss right now if you're listening to this but uh uh Rebecca's gonna be coming on soon Rebecca Hood she's gonna be kind of coming on filling in for Chris while he's gone because he's just neglecting me I'm I'm an abused child right now he never comes home you know all right thanks so much for listening you guys love you